Hello, uh, everybody. Welcome back to But Why Though? And today we are going to sit down and talk with the CEO of Oroch Digital, Thomas Rawlings. Hello. Lovely to be with you. Oh, yes. And um, obviously we're going to discuss you all's new release game of Mars Horizon. Um, I guess to get started here, um, what was the inspiration for Mars Horizon? Well, it was a couple of bits. So like the roots of the project go back quite a few years. And, you know, I'm quite into space stuff. I had, I had, I had a couple of books I'd consumed. I had read um, the book of The Martian, you know, which got made as a film. I read the book first and, and really enjoyed that and was very intrigued with a lot of the ideas in the book. I really loved how the book was very kind of accurate with the kind of science of it all. I, I like that a lot. Uh, I'd read a biography of Elon Musk, uh, and that was a really interesting book as well, again, about how he'd, you know, upended the kind of space industry. And so those couple of things were kind of going around in my head. Um, and, you know, as a games designer, you know, when you come across something that inspires you, you find really interesting, the natural way you think about that is this would make a cool game. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of, you know, the early genesis. And then very early on, we were lucky enough to kind of make contact with uh, the UK Space Agency. So the kind of main space agency here in the UK. Um, and, you know, very early on, they, they were kind of very supportive of what we're trying to do. We had some conversations with them and, you know, kind of just snowballed from there, really. And then, you know, over time, it picks up, it becomes a full dev project. We start working on stuff that, and then it goes through. It's, you know, it's ups and downs. Games take a long time to make. Uh, I think a lot of people are often surprised at how long they take to make. Um, and then, yeah, the culmination of many years of work, you know, happened, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, uh, last week when we launched the game, which was super exciting and massively nerve-wracking. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so I guess you said it did take a long time. Uh, do you have a like estimate of how long it took for this project then? So from the first roots of ideas, bashing around things, talking to people, you know, sketching out a couple of ideas, that is, but it's basically about five years. That's not five years of us, like a full development team right. working non-stop for five years. Um, but, but yeah, it started somewhere around about then. But really, the bulk of the work is in the last couple of years. Like, that's when we've got a full dev team working on it. That's when, you know, a lot of the stuff gets implemented, a lot of the stuff's done. So it gives you a kind of, an idea of, of, of how it works but you know that that's probably slightly more unusual for the games we do they tend to take more like 18 months two years depending on exactly what the game and what the scope yeah it gives you a kind of rough idea of where it fits within what we do that's awesome so obviously you said you guys approach like the i guess the esa or the european space agency and the uk space agency um and it's obviously the game you said supported by it. What all, I guess, what will all was their contributions to this game? Yeah, so that just so people know, the, the UK Space Agency is a member of the European Space Agency. Right. <laughs> the European Space Agency is a bunch of European countries, um, some of whom are full members like the UK and some of whom are associate members or partners. Um, and they, they work together to do space missions, but they also work with NASA, they work with you know other space agencies you know that's quite common so through the through the uk space agency i was introduced to the european space agency met with some people there uh, one of them uh, a great guy called uh, emma fletcher who's their partnership manager he came over and visited us actually and we showed him the game we showed him what we we're working he, he went away and came back and said yeah we really like that uh, and so how does that how does that support manifest well most importantly we get to talk to people who work who run space agencies and work on missions for real. 
So, for example, um, uh, a really a really nice guy called Andrew Koo at the UK Space Agency. Early on, he gave us a bunch of his time and talked about what he does as somebody who is part of a space agency. What do they do? You know, those kind of conversations helped us to formulate the sort of things that we wanted the player to do on the on the space agency management side. And say, for example, on the other side of it, on the kind of mission side of it, the mission control side, then um, uh, we got invited to go to the European Space Agency. Uh, a couple of us went out. We went to a couple of their sites. So one of their sites in Netherlands and then onto one of their sites, the, the kind of main pitch control site in Germany. And we met with a whole bunch of people, including engineers who work on the ExoMars mission, uh, which is the mission going up to Mars in 2022. Um, we, we met with a bunch of people who work on mission control, people who work on mission planning, people who are uh, you know, planetary scientists who are trying to find things out about Mars. And across all those conversations, that helps you as a game designer pull out interesting ideas for gameplay stuff. We changed the existing gameplay based on those conversations. And then the kind of next layer of that is, you know, when we, we did betas, we did an alpha and a beta of the game, more so in the beta, just because the timings worked out well. We, as well as that was open to the public, and we had a whole bunch of players do that. We had a separate beta list as well, the same beta, but we had a kind of separate list of managing the keys of that, where people from the European Space Agency and the UK Space Agency joined in that beta. So we had a whole bunch of feedback from people who, you know, did this for real. And of course, that's feedback you take. I mean, we take all feedback. <laughs> but if, if somebody wants to kind of argue about how you represented a certain rocket or satellite in the game, you know, you, you listen to that. But if somebody's saying you represent that wrong, and, and I know because I designed that rocket, you're like, all right, I'll take you very seriously on that. But I say that their feedback, you know, it, it was really good. It was really, you know, some really nice comments of people saying, wow, I've never seen my job represented in a game before. And you, you captured it pretty well. We had you know, loads of interesting things where people working on the missions, for example, the game has a lot of stuff about percentage chances of things happening. And obviously to us as game designers, you kind of, you want to represent that. It's like, well, it's a strategy game and you've kind of got to represent the risk reward because that's a core loop of it. So we put a percentage on it, thinking that, that that's where communicating to the player and then showed that to somebody who, you know, works on the mission planning side at, at European Space Agency. And they were saying, no, that's kind of, we, we, calculate percentage chances of what we think will happen with something and then based on those percentages we either we work more into it or we say it's okay to go so they they really do did use similar loops as to what we were using and that was really gratifying sometimes we would find those out because that was the gameplay we emerged other times they would tell us about stuff and we would think oh we need to get that in the game uh so there's a whole bunch of stuff you know around that so uh yeah, there's, it's kind of that real practical stuff. And then, of course, you can, you know, we did fire over questions to people or you get an email from somebody saying, oh, have you seen this or have you looked at that? And, and it's that kind of exchange of information that was just so invaluable. So that to, to us, support, that, that was the, the best bit, was getting to people who talk on stuff. And, of course, then you get to make the joke where you say, well, you know, it's not exactly rocket science, is it, with somebody <laughs> who works on rocket science? And, you know, they didn't laugh at that lot, I think. <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, getting a, almost like a vacation there, even getting to visit all the... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, and everything. The, the German, the, the launch HQ in Germany, so they've got this big building, and within that building, they've got a whole bunch of... They've got their main mission control, and they kind of... We, we actually did a playtest in the mission, in the bit of the mission control, which was quite cool, where we showed it to a bunch of pieces of staff. And then they let us kind of into the mission control, look around and do that. But they've got a bunch of sub-mission controls as well for all the various other missions they're running. 
So for the moment, there's a mission which is ongoing called Mars Express. So orbiting Mars right now, there's a satellite, and that satellite is picking up traces of methane. This is leading to the ExoMars mission. Methane's interesting because it, as a gas, um, if, you're in, if it's in a planetary atmosphere that's bombarded by solar radiation, which Mars is, because there's no uh, magnetosphere protecting it like there is on Earth, and that gas is, is rapidly denated. It's kind of broken apart by the sun's solar radiation. But we keep finding, the, the, the Mars Express keeps finding traces of methane. So the question is, where's the methane coming from? One of the things that could lead to methane is life. So of course, that, you know, that mission then directly leads to the ExoMars mission. But you know, these, these are in the game as well. So of course, you're chatting with somebody there and you see this computer and that computer, you think, wow, that is connected to something orbiting Mars. That computer, if you press buttons on that computer, of course, there'll be a time delay. Something <laughs> will happen in the satellite orbiting Mars. And it's pretty mind-blowing to kind of see that. Then, of course, you don't want to accidentally knock into the computer or, you know, bring up Minesweeper on it or something and <laughs> crash their mission. You just want to check my email. Is that right? Can I use this computer? <laughs> Obviously, they, they didn't let us do that. But, yeah, yeah it, it was very inspiring and very exciting to do that. It's amazing. It just sounds like a lot of fun. I guess you kind of already touched on it, so I kind of want to bring up a little bit more. You talked about like the percentages of all the, uh, I guess, the success and the failures, and um, you kind of went into like I called it rolling a dice, but obviously they're <laughs> probably definitely a lot more complicated than that. Um, I guess were you all worried about impl implementing that system for for our player base? Because I mean, I love the system of dealing with success that way, but there is a lot of decisions that go into for just you know kind of. Yes. Well, it it I, I think. I was really struck in, in, in the various conversations we had. And, and obviously, you know, I, I knew that we had to have, you had to have it that missions didn't always work out. It had to have an element of randomness in it because that is the very nature of running the missions. And we wanted the gameplay to be authentic. So there's kind of no way around that. Then you just really get into, well, what would those percentages be? And I think, and again, to me, that's, that's something to hand the player. Like if you look at the history of the, the space exploration, in those early days of space exploration, you know, in the kind of the, 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 the NASA, the various European countries, um, obviously the USSR and other countries doing it, they, they were their failure rate was really high because it was it was all new. They they were doing stuff for the first time ever in a lot of cases, you know, and, and people paid with their lives when they got that wrong sometimes. And so, you know, I felt it's important that that risk reward was represented in the game because it's real. Like they've got much better at it now, like way way better. At it. So. <laughs> You know, the chances of something happening, going wrong, are much lower. But of course, as the systems get more complicated, there's more things to go wrong. And, and this was, again, this is fascinating from discussions with the people. And, and something in the game we've got is that even the failure of the mission does lead you to some reward loop within the game. Like failure is not complete failure. And so, you know, when we start playing the game, I, I think sometimes, it, it, you know, certain types, types of games you play, the expectation is you can just always succeed. And with space exploration, I don't think it's possible to always succeed. You can get your failure rate low, but something's going to go wrong. These are, you know, spaces, are, you know, as one of the ESA, one of the ExoMars um, people said to me, he said, space is really hostile. There's no air, you know, it's, 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 there's no atmosphere, there's space dust in there. There's all these things that can go wrong. It, it's a dangerous, dangerous environment. And, you know, us humans have got no business being up in there. It doesn't really want us there. And so, of course, the risk factor of sending people up, of sending systems up is very high. And so, yeah, the, the randomness is important to represent that reality. Thank you. Um, 
Tampa away. I, I was by far my, probably my favorite part of the game was just having seen these percentages. And so, and, you know, and the randomness of like even failure and there was no a hundred percent success. And I just really appreciate it. And I just, sorry, it was just, <laughs> just <laughs> I like the answer and just everything else. It was just awesome uh, about what all you all like implemented in the game and how it, see how it worked out. Um, um I guess moving on thing. Um, so obviously kind of the end goal of the game per se, the quote unquote end goal is to kind of land a crew on Mars, but we kind of learned very quickly that you're kind of, you have all of the solar system involved. Yeah. Um, so what was the importance of like showcasing all the solar system and not making the game just about getting to Mars? Well, well again, it, I think it's to give the player those options. You know, if you, you think of the kind of, again, the, the real space exploration, then the, the more the more you do something, the more you practice you become at it, the better the agency becomes at doing that. Um, and therefore, there's an advantage in repeat doing things. There's an advantage in doing side quests, side missions, however you want to think of it. Um, but there's another advantage in being really focused on let's, let's just get to Mars. And I think that's a very real challenge that mission planners at agencies face, is where do they put their resources? They can't do it all. Every, every mission that they choose to do, represents a huge amount of resources and and i think i wanted to give the player that that sense of the scope of what could be done and because it all builds the capacity of your agency you know deciding to send a probe off to venus doesn't not help you get to mars it builds capacity in other ways so yeah ultimately you know at the core it was like this fairly simple thing of do i put everything into the long shot to get to mars first or do i do a bunch of stuff other you know, spread my risk a little bit, build my agency up, and then go for the Mars thing. And that, that was the kind of core idea at the start that was really built up through these various options. But on top of that, because we represent a lot of what really happened in history, you know, the, the focus isn't always on Mars, and players can do a lot of other stuff. But then, of course, it naturally leads, well, why Mars? Why Mars rights? And I felt, you know, from the, the stuff we chatted about earlier, you know, after reading The Martian, you know, reading uh, stuff that SpaceX are doing, things like that, it became apparent to me that really Mars is the next really big goal. And, you know, you talk to people at agencies and they're like, yeah, you know, the, the Mars rover programs that have gone on, you know, the Curiosity rover and things like that, have been a huge success, like in, incredible feats of engineering that I think humanity can be really proud of. We have put robots on another planet and those robots have been there for ages doing stuff. So that, that's really exciting. So what's the next step then is this, what they call the sample return. Well, in fact, the next step is that, you know, the, the ExoMars to put the Rosalind Franklin rover on there, which will have a drill that can drill several meters under the surface. So they're going to be able to get deep core samples and send those images back. Then the next thing is to try and get something back from Mars. Let's get some Martian rock back to Earth. And the engineering challenge of that alone is huge. And these agencies are all working towards that. There's people planning it, thinking it. And I thought, again, th this... It's very exciting to do a game that is science and fiction, i.e. the science behind it and the engineering, this is all really happening. But it's fiction. No one has got to Mars yet. We haven't brought anything back from Mars yet. But within our lifetimes, that is more than plausible, I think is incredibly likely. So, you know, within our lifetimes, it's very plausible that there could be a base on Mars. And so that, that to me, made the game really exciting. It's like, yeah, let's let the player dip their toe into the excitement that's going on around the space race. And so that's why I wanted that kind of breadth of history that has happened. And I also wanted that focus on Mars because there is a focus on Mars. Awesome. I guess the next thing is, the, I guess, obviously, kind of end this, the Spacepedia. Um, yes. I guess how much research went into it and, like, why do you all 
I mean, what was the goal to make it so thorough? I mean, I love the fact that not only you had the practical, um, you know, like what this rocket does, but also the historical context, everything. And I guess the last part would be, were there, were there any issues, I guess, getting any of the like images or anything from NASA? I know they're pretty friendly with giving out stuff sometimes, but I'll be. Yeah, well, so, so I have to give a shout out to one of the team on that, uh, our correct director, Aaron Ashbrook, who, who did a lot of that space media stuff. He did a brilliant job of it as well, alongside, so Matt Bone, who's the other designer who's working on it around that area. Um, yeah, I think we, you know, because we really cared about this stuff, we really wanted, like, we wanted to kind of project and share our interest in this. And so when you work on a game like this, and certainly the way we work, you do tons of research and stuff. So there's all this research sitting around the studio into this thing. And it's like, we really want to package this up and do something with it. And that, you know, then we were throwing ideas around of how we could do this. And also we kind of wanted to acknowledge that all the work that these agencies we were both working with and research did. And so the Spacepedia became a kind of natural, like funnel for us to put all of that interest and, you know, enthusiasm and research that we've done. Um, in terms of like getting the rights to it, actually one of the great things about NASA is all of, all of the material that a uh, NASA produces is in the public domain by default, unless it's got the, the kind of face of an astronaut in it, in which case you need separate permissions from that. If it's clearly identified right. as an astronaut, they're very good like that. So those US government agencies produce loads of um, public domain material, which I guess you pay for that in your taxes, so why not? But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's really great. And I think that does advance kind of knowledge and, you know, an, an interest in space. So yeah, that, that, was, that was kind of, where the space media came about and what why you know the images and things like that and again partnering with ESA you know we're able to kind of run some images past and say we'd like to use these uh but again you know all of the people we dealt with at agencies were you know generally got it what, one of the things that surprised me actually how many people at agencies are gamers like how many people <laughs> play various games we'd have conversations with people you know oh we're, we're trying to do this they're like oh yeah I'm a massive fan of Civ or you know, like Kerbal or, you know, other games like that. And they would, they would chuck out games that they played. And so often those conversations became really easy because they got what we were trying to do, uh, which, which made it a lot, yeah, a lot more fun. Awesome. So I guess, when I guess when I look at the game, we kind of talked about it. You kind of have the base build, building aspect, the mission control, you know, miss, even the mission, I guess, phases where you, when you're kind of yeah. out in phase. Um, what were some of the challenges of kind of putting all those together and kind of forming one cohesive, cohesive game? Because it's almost like you're, sometimes you feel like you're doing multiple mini games within the one game. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely like for me, you know, right from the start, I felt important that like the, man like the management side of the game needed to, to mesh with that mission control game. And obviously there's a whole bunch of staff things under the, under the, the kind of the, the bonnet of what's going on there that connect with each other and that help each other in doing things. But it, it, to me, again, taking a step back and thinking, you know, as a game designer, I think of what is the kind of interesting, what is the interesting moments that you want to capture? And one of them is a rocket launch, you know, and, and the rocket launches in Mars Horizon, they look like the cutscenes going up, but they're not, they're generated at that point. So at any point when that rocket's going up, it can blow, it goes wrong. It's not like there's not two videos we've got, one rocket launching, one it blowing up. It, it generates, it goes up, there's a bunch of numbers running at any point to go wrong. And that was really important. You know, we, I think we got that really right because that captures that. If you spent all that time building that rocket and you put your resources into it and you're like, let's go and the percentages look good or they don't, and you just risk it anyway. You know, we wanted to capture that tension, the rocket launch. But in order to support that, you need all the mission, you need all the base building, you need all the other stuff supports that rocket launch point. So that's one point of drama. 
then the second point in drama really is that you know the the, the mission succeeding the the rover landing on mars the, the spacewalk happening the satellite launching and again we wanted a gameplay loop that ended it ended at that that point of like we've done it all we've not and so both of them like what they both needed to be kind of strategic tactical gameplay loops they both needed to not be you know what we call twitch based like reaction based timing stuff and so to me that was the kind of core there we can we have gameplay elements that are both tactical we're not once the player is playing a strategy game there's different strategy parts of their brain they're using different strategy elements going on but ultimately it's still a strategy you're still strategizing about the best way of doing something uh, and, and those are the two elements that that you know we brought together and i said the mission control one is definitely the harder bit to get in there because you're trying to get something that that has that strategy loop to it that turn-based strategy loop but something that's not so bespoke that every single mission you, you can't have loads of missions because you, you have to build hundreds of thousands of each individual thing and the player can never learn a strategy to it but you also need to link it back to all the other stuff you're doing um but but by the end of it yeah i, I was i was very pleased with how all those elements came together i, I will say it's nice to know that those are uh, the rocket launches are generated in that like different cutscenes. i know once i had one blow up at like 97 percent, and so ever since then i kept staring like just the beer <laughs> to the left a little bit does that mean it's going to work if it doesn't it to the right <laughs> So I definitely paid close attention to those, thinking if there was a difference in all the scenes, and I noted that no, it just randomly blows up. <laughs> to kind of I guess finish it off, everything. I guess what was your favorite aspect of building this game? Well, I mean, this is a, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah that was like, probably a broad question, but uh, um, yeah, um, no, I mean the the I think one of the for me the the thing that I loved about the game overall the most is. It, you know, it's kind of quite a positive thing is once you dig into space research and the, the kind of history of it and everything like that, one of the things that comes across is it's one of these very few areas of life where you get a sense of real pride in what humanity has achieved. And I know during the Cold War, it was, it was more competitive and everything like that. But space is one of the few areas where different countries have worked together regardless of what's going on on the surface. So even at some of the worst moments of the Cold War or terrible moments of tension between countries, they were actually cooperating in space. And I think, I think to me, that's what like, I want the game to have some sense of. And I was most proud of in the game is that sense of optimism. Is, and you know, a lot of the thing we, we said, it was like a vision statement development of the game is like, let's make humanity a multi-planetary species. And that planet is Mars. And that first step is getting there. And it's like, yeah, that, that feels like both an achievable goal and a really potent, powerful and difficult goal at the same time. And that, that was the bit I liked the most is that sense that we're engaging with where humanity could be next. And, and for me, that, that's both an exciting future and it also represents an insane amount of work by the people on the planet now. Um, and, and yeah, that, that was the thing I liked most about what we did is that engagement with the history and present of space exploration and where it's going to be in the near future. Awesome. That's, that's amazing. Um, so that's about all I have for questions um, and everything else. Um, thank you again so much for uh, joining me and talking about Mars Horizon. I really enjoy the game. I hope everybody else checks it out.
yeah, please do. Yeah. I guess to kind of close it out, I guess where can everybody, I guess, not only find Mars Horizon, but also, I guess, yourself and what you all do? Oh, well, yeah. So uh, if you go to aurochdigital.com, you'll see a link to the game page there and you can get the game on Steam. It's on Xbox, it's on Switch, it's on PlayStation 4 at the moment. Um, uh, and, the, you know, uh, if you at Auroch Digital, follow us on Twitter, the aurochdigital.com page. There's, there's various other links like Facebook, mailing lists, stuff like that. I would say our mailing lists are definitely worth getting on. You know, we when we do alphas and betas and things like that of games, you know, our mailing list is the first people we do. We just have a Discord. And again, there's a link off, off or at digital.com to that. Our Discord community is really positive, really buzzing with people in space. Of course, we'd welcome anyone to join that. Um, and other than that, I just want to send a shout out to, yeah, I, I mentioned all these things. Uh, I do want to say a huge thank you to the space agencies and all the people there who've been so helpful to us. I want to send a big, you know, thanks to all of the team uh, or digital worked on this. Everybody's worked on it over the years. Uh, I'm so proud of what they've done and to the players who've backed us so far, the game's doing really well. You know, we're getting great kind of feedback from people and, you know, it's a huge thank you to people for doing that. So, uh, yeah, uh, it gave me a chance to give some shout outs. So, appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, thank you again for uh, joining me. <laughs>